Welcome back to season three of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, Janelle Wheeler. Hi. Matthew Aguilar. What up? My esteemed co-host from the comic book team. And guys, today today is a good day because today we have one of our most highly anticipated movies of the year to talk about. No surprise, that is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which is out now in theaters, in IMAX, and of course on HBO Max. So no matter where you are or how you are, this film can be in front of you right now. And uh, we all seat it, so we're going to talk about it, and we're going to go... I mean, just full deep into the world of Suicide Squad as envisioned by James Gunn and get into all that. We're going to do that in a little bit uh, to give everybody some time and space. So if anybody hasn't seen the film, you can still get a show before you can drop out and come back later when you've seen the film. Otherwise, you know, if you've seen the film, you're in for this entire ride. So before we talk about the Suicide Squad, we got to talk about a few news items. We're going to talk about what's going on with Spider-Man No Way Home. What's going on with Stranger Things? <laughs> don't, don't, don't apply that, that iconic and important song to this Spider-Man No Way Home nonsense, please. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. We're going to talk about Stranger Things and uh, some other news items. And Matt has a little bit of something he wants to tease. Matt has a little tease for you guys. Uh, we also have some early reacts to Marvel's What If?, DC's Titans season three to share with you guys. And of course, comic book talk, because this is comic book nation. So thank you guys for jumping in and uh, let's get started right at the top. So guys, what's the deal with Spider-Man no way home? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing. So there's been a lot of hubbub right now about whether or not, we are going to, when we are going to get this Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, we all were sitting here predicting like, yeah, man, when Loki ends, they're going to drop it with this multiverse stuff. And it looks like, I mean, we were way wrong about that. So the internet is still freaking out about this trailer. There was some kind of rumor or or kind of discussion. I don't know what, how this started. Anybody track this back to the beginning? The internet sometimes, I, I can't. Um Reddit. 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 <laughs> I saw a hilarious meme about Reddit. It's like it was something about like I'm on Twitter saying I can't find a boyfriend or like Instagram. It's like look at me all alone. And then it's Reddit. It's like hi, uh, should I be marrying somebody who's like I just found out as my cousin and da 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 oh something God. like the wedding starts in three hours. <laughs> like, you know. But anyway, Reddit. Um, there was talk about. There possibly being no trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home or that they're just going to throw this out here or Matt, help me out. What was like, what was going on? What? Wait, who was saying there was no trailer was going to be no trailer? I think there was discussion that people were saying like they could be going with this approach of just not showing anything. And I feel like like they were being sarcastic when they said that. Uh, Please, please let that be the case, because that is. At like that, oh my god, I want to cuss right now. That is so ridiculous. <laughs> Why would they not put out a trailer? That just just because we didn't get it yet doesn't mean it's not coming. Oh my lord. Yeah, but That's- the trailer, but the trailer is making people manic. Um, Brandon Davis and Phase Zero, they had a good discussion about this. Uh, Jim Jim Viscardi, if he was here like he's supposed to be, Jim Viscardi, he could also break this down. But um, it's not just a question of the trailer; it's the larger question of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not just about the trailer that we're kind of hearing buzz and rumbles. It's about 
the question of whether there could be more delays. Uh, oh, God. Things are going on, of course, with COVID still in the Delta variant. And there's kind of rumblings about whether or not studios are feeling still confident that the latter half of this year in the fall, getting into flu season, whether people will still be able. Nobody's really kind of thinking like full lockdowns again. Right. We're not we're not right. there, but we're still kind of wondering if the market will be there with enough force to release these big films in trailer and theaters for Sony. It's particularly kind of tricky because Sony doesn't have its own streaming service. It is like the only right. studio out there without its own streaming service. So there is none of this premier access or building subscriptions like HBO max did with Warner's. Um, they got to actually find a place for these movies. So there's already kind of rumblings that No Way Home could be pushed to 2022 uh, or something like that. I mean, same thing for Bond and all that. But what that means is if there is uncertainty with a release date for this film, it kind of makes it hard to market this film. Uh, studios have learned from the past year, like you can't just keep cutting and put blowing your marketing budget on things where you're like, Here's the marketing. Oh, what? Never mind. Nope, that's not happening anymore. Okay, here's the next wave of marketing <laughs> and like all these weird coming to theaters eventually, like trailers. You know what I mean? So they gotta come. Everything kind of has to stabilize for it with the release expectations for there to be marketing and that kind of sort of thing. So. Is anybody particularly going nuts about this trailer and this film? What do you guys what do you guys think? Do you think we're gonna be getting this at the end of the year? Do you think it'll change? And when, if you had to put on your bingo card, do you think we're gonna get this Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, why as good not? As anything, yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving is when we're getting the trailer. That's my guess. I'm I wouldn't say that, you know. I am like, a, I feel like I represent kind of like the fan side of the podcast. Like I'm like a super fan with all our, our friends watching along. And I kind of look to you guys for advice on these things or inside information, because I feel like you guys are super connected. And as you were just talking, Kofi, I was kind of starting to feel deflated because I am now concerned. I'm concerned about these delays and... I just don't want that to happen because we've waited so long. And even like the Black Widow whole movie and scandal with all of the, the lawsuit, I feel like it just put kind of like a dark cloud over Marvel for me for a little bit. And I just want to feel like a fan geeking out with a huge project and getting really excited in the theater with fellow fans. So I don't know what we need to do to make this happen, but I really, really hope that it doesn't get delayed. There is a glimmer of hope. Um, people have pointed to the fact that Sony is going to CinemaCon this year, which okay. happens on and they're doing a th like a three hour presentation or some some mess, I believe. Yeah, they're doing a three hour CinemaCon a panel. three hour tour. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I mean, I haven't done the singing song in a long today. time. Yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a Gilligan here. reference. I'm not, I'm not hating. What is what is that oh, gonna? Man. Oh, hey, Gilligan's cool. And then my <laughs> wonderful rendition of what's going on. You stop. Jan Janelle's like literally a like nationally renowned <laughs> singer. No. You are I less sing than in the car. You are less than. I rap in the car. Stop it! Stop it! This we is. We can right. make a trio. Car let's write a song about the Spider-Man trailer. Yeah, let's get this train back on the track. So here's the point. 
Sony's coming to CinemaCon. They're doing a three-hour panel. There's all these stipulations about phones, devices, and all this stuff cannot be in there. So fans are thinking, like, what kind of goods are they going to do? Either you're going to, like, show us Bond or you got a Spider-Man trailer or both. Because uh, yeah. Marvel, Marvel's going to be going to CinemaCon and they're screening um, Song-Chi. So, like, there is precedence for a studio to screen an entire film. So three hours is a big block. But it could be Bond. It could be Spider-Man. You know, it could be anything Sony has in the in the chamber. And, you know... People are hedging their bets that there could be a Spider-Man trailer coming out of this. I think, oh man. And that's in a couple weeks, by the way. I think we're more apt to get a Spider-Man trailer than a Bond trailer. No, I meant a Bond screening. Bond screening, okay. Yeah, yeah. they could screen Um, Bond for for CinemaCon people to build um, buzz. I think think that's as good a spot as as any to get a trailer. I, I mean, I really think, because I... Going off of what happened with Black Widow, and you could take this two ways. You could say this, oh, hey, they learned. <laughs> and go, hey, let's not put the cart ahead of the horse. And then you could also say, well, they were pretty stubborn during that whole thing. And and look how things turned out, right? They really didn't divert from their plan until they absolutely had to. So in that, if that's in mind, I would say they're probably going to show it sooner than later. I think they'll actually tease it do some kind of small teaser trailer just to get all the hype out. And honestly, so that people stop peppering their comments with that. <laughs> so they can release some news about guardians of the galaxy or whatever, and not get, where's the Spider-Man trailer? Where's the Spider-Man trailer? I mean, it has become, I mean, I'm tired of hearing it. We're not, we're sure. not quite to Snyder cut level yet, but we are there the yet. Are in there the comments, yet? It's just, and you're like, Oh my God, stop asking me about this. <laughs> so, A lot of, I was I was kind of reading our chat and we do have a couple people who are fine with no trailer at all. Keep it all a surprise. That would be legendary, says Brywood. Um, we're all going to see it anyways, which is a good point. Um, do do you guys want the trailer? Or do you think it'd be pretty epic if this is like the first time they decided not to ever do a trailer? I like, think it would be I, I think it would be epic and ballsy. And I would love to see Feige come out and stand in front of it and be like, you know what? We got some big things for you guys in Spider-Man No Way Home. You just got to find out in December. That's it. Like, <laughs> that would be, I would be down I mean, with what, it. What's, what's going to happen Matt's if he not does down it? With it. The internet's so. going to be mad. The internet's <laughs> going to go grumble, 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 grumble from I, August till December. And then everybody from that grumble pile is going to go pile into theaters and be like, yeah. well, I'm not happy about it, but I'm finally here. And then they're going to tweet, Wait, oh I'm my not, God. You know, I am like, not one of those people that is like, don't like... I'm not one of the people that says, don't show me anything. I don't want to see anything. I just want to get into the theater and see it. I want my experience spoiled. That's like, whatever. I could care less. I want to see stuff. <laughs> it's not going like a, a good trailer. I can separate a good trailer from a good movie and a bad trailer from a, from a good, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, one doesn't really affect the other. I, yes, I am still going to see the movie. But I do want to see. Number one, I just want to see if Tom Holland's even in it. I'd never jump on anybody's couch. <laughs> can we, no, can we put that out there? You have to throw that you in think there. I, you think I'm crazy? I just jump it? on somebody's couch? He, yeah, I remember jumping is on his couch. Is he a cameo? Oh, my God. I love that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not, uh, not going to go down the rabbit hole, but that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, like I want to see it. I, I think they will release it sooner than later just to get the teaser out there. And so that they can move on with their other marketing strategies. I think that's pretty much what we'll get. And, so, and I, I saw a comment um, about uh, like if the cons a big deal. Um, Cinema cons, I feel like over the last, especially like over the last like five years, has become a pretty big deal. I mean, Kofi would know that more than me, but like I, I think it's a pretty big deal. It comes across as that. 
like more studios are treating that as a bigger place to debut stuff, right? Did or did you ask me a question? Yeah, I said Kofi would know this better than me because like you're more of the overall movie person, but like CinemaCon's become a bigger deal over the last like five years, right? Yeah, it, it's studios? it's come up before things got like really crazy. I feel like there were three things in movies particularly that people gravitated towards. Comic-Con was the big one. Uh, and then the two other ones were CinemaCon and WonderCon or the kind of the two other ones that people really went to for kind of uh, TV movie reveals. Um, yeah. So it's become a bigger thing in the last few years for sure. Sorry. I was watching this stranger things trailer again. So <laughs> that's what I was doing when you asked me a question. You're not supposed to interact with me. Well, contracts so sorry. contracts stipulate that's not supposed to happen. But, Matt, uh, we're on our own. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh and uh yeah, but that's but that's kind of like the deal with that. Um yeah, so what was your question again? Well, just you it, Yeah, I did. Yeah, we can just wrap it up. In the end, like we're hoping for the best. There's no confirmation on if we're getting this trailer or not. Hi, I'm the I'm the head of the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> just and like we're that. hoping for the best. If you guys want to talk more about this, make sure you oh hit us God. up on uh, our our Twitters, <laughs> and we'll yeah. continue the discussion. Sorry, I mentally checked out. I went into Stranger Things already. I have thoughts on Stranger Things. Well, let's, about Stranger let's go. Things. Let's yeah. go. Stranger let's Things. talk about Stranger Things. So we got a kind of first big teaser trailer for Stranger Things for today. Um, bad news is it's not going to arrive till 2022. Although I thought we knew that because we we were sitting, we knew they got delayed in production because of COVID that they were only starting up like this spring. So I didn't know when people thought this was going to happen, but this show takes some visual effects and stuff like that. So yeah, 2022 was pretty much the window of time. I figured we were getting this, but um, no, this looks uh, pretty good, pretty uh, action packed and more mature and scary. It's awesome that these kids can now all rent a car and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, go to set because uh, they're so old, but um yeah, no, but it, it looks kind of really cool. This looks like it's going to be the kind of darkest and kind of more action-packed one season yet, which is exactly what the cast has been kind of teasing. So uh, I'm feeling good. I mean, you guys still feeling Stranger Things or you're, have this time passed? Yeah, I've, I've kind of moved on, but I know I'm going to get really pumped once it comes out. Like, I just have to build my own hype, basically, at this point. I might even just go back and rewatch the whole dang thing at some point and binge it. After all, I did binge two seasons of Titans this weekend. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think I think it'll be cool, but I... I, I they need to build more hype for me. Like I need to be hearing that buzzword, like stranger things, stranger things more. Do we know how many more seasons they're going to do total? Or is this the last one? I think there's I another think one after this. Okay. Yeah. Wow. If it's like, they haven't said though, that like that next season is the final one though. Have they? I believe, I don't, I think they just have said there's a next season. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, and plus, I mean, honestly, I don't know if Netflix wants to end that money train. I'm, we're soon. getting a couple people in the chat that are saying this is the last season, like this was is the end. A few, end? but okay. we could be wrong. It's not confirmed yet. Um, but, you know, they are getting older. The kids are getting much older. 
um, from the trailer that I saw that just released, I loved seeing the Ghostbusters reference. They were in costumes and like Ghostbuster outfits. And that was just, that alone made me really pumped. Um, it just, I love the eighties references and right. music and stuff like that. So that kind of brought me back, made me excited. Yeah. Cunning is saying it's also last as well. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. Season three was also supposed to be. The well, here's was what, it? Here, oh, God. No, here's what. Here's what Sean, uh, Sean Levy, director of Free Guy and, and kind of one of the show creators of executive producers of Stranger Things said as of June of this year, he said there is a plan and that too will be shared. Not quite as soon as a sense of when season four is coming out, but soon enough, I can say this. Uh, but, 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 but. So we're not. So while we're not. So while we're no more certain as to whether Stranger Things will end with season five, we do at least know that the end is in sight. I was um, yeah, but he said he said that the end is in sight. The Duffer brothers have the end in sight, but they're not commenting on how many seasons it will be. So, I mean, people, since they haven't said anything, I don't think official. I mean, could this be the end? Maybe. I don't know. I, by the way, this is my um, I was right dance. <laughs> I feel like, like there might be, be one more after this because wouldn't they know? I mean, I, f- I feel like if they're going to be releasing this, they would it's know. They'd the, have to- but that's the part, by the way, Janelle. So when Janelle was talking about like that, the kids are older and like we, that that's for me, that's what keeps pulling me back. I mean, mm-hmm. granted all the D and D references and 80 stuff is like right up my alley, but like still like overall, it's just been fun to watch these characters progress. Like it, like Kofi said, like they can rent cars now. They can do all these things and watching them grow up, though, is part of the charm of the show to me. Like I I care less about the stuff, the all the supernatural stuff and like the upside down, like all the surrounding stuff. I care less and less about as the show goes on. And I care more and more about just like seeing these characters and like how they're interacting, what they're doing now. Like I I'm I'm with them. So, I mean. For me, it's like if it goes to season six or seven, cool. I'm I'm cool with that because like as long as they don't like just kill everybody, I'm that's why I'm invested in the show. I'm like I and as they grow older too, I like that I hope anyway, like the teases of the season being darker. I hope they start kind of leaning more and more into that more mature. Yeah, they got the Harry Potter formula. But uh here's just to settle this, here's what the Duffer brothers have said. Season four won't be the end. We know what the end is and we know when it is. The pandemic has given us time to look ahead, figure out what is best for the show. Starting to fill out that out gave us a better idea of how long we need to tell that story. So season four is not the end. And a comment in the chat, uh, what we are planting in season three that paid off in season four and season five was a reference from David Arbor. Yeah, so they've all kind of already hinted there's going to be at least five. So we know that. We don't know beyond that, though. Cool. All right. So that's Stranger Things coming in 2022. All right. We're going to take a break, pay some bills. Then we're going to come back. Matt's going to give us a quick little teaser of his Witcher coverage. And then uh, we're getting into this Suicide Squad stuff. So let's get it. All right, we are back. Matt, before we get into this Suicide Squad talk, you wanted to go off about the Witcher. 
Let's get it. Just going to talk a little bit because uh, the review embargo is not quite up on this. But uh, if you check the site today, we will have several interviews with the team all about Nightmare of the Wolf, uh, the upcoming anime film. Uh, and I can while I can't give like dive into full impressions yet, uh, I will say if you had your if you had your hopes high for this, I can, I can say like, you have a lot to look forward to because uh, I have, I have, I have a smile on my face and I cannot wait to talk more about this. Uh, but we did get to talk to the team uh, about Vesemir and about like their approach to the character. And if you, and you've seen a little bit in the trailers um, where they kind of show a little bit of his dialogue, they'll show like, you can already tell that there's a little more, um, charisma there's a little more personality there than Geralt uh than we've seen and that's by design uh we talked to the team all about kind of their approach to the character uh how he's very different and and by the way that trailer is just like a very small portion of like early on you see like how different this character is and you're you're kind of looking at Vesemir and if you've watched <laughs> season if you've watched season 1 of the Witcher you're going like how the hell did this dude like parent, like the gruffest <laughs> says like 10 words, like Witcher, like how did, how did that happen? And so like, that's, that's one of the bigger kind of story arcs uh, in this, in this movie. It's just kind of showing how he got from point A to point B and got to the point where, you know, you can then see, okay, well maybe, maybe I can see kind of some of those things, but like, they also talked about how his, uh, especially like if you've played Witcher three and you've seen some of the interactions between Vesemir and Siri, how like, you're going to get a similar vibe. Like you're going to see why he's kind of playful in those moments. You're going to see some of that reflected here. And I mean, honestly, I was just, I was so impressed with some of the action stuff they've done here. And like they've teased in the trailers, uh, Kaer Morin is going to play a part in this but like also we're gonna see like the actual like ramifications and the process of the trials of the grasses which is like the process of creating a witcher and like the books always do a really good job of like kind of trying to express like how awful <laughs> this process is uh, and how painful it is and like this movie is going to like kind of really define that in a visual space because it's not something we've also seen a ton of in the games we we hear about it a lot and we get like little flashbacks and stuff but like this like takes that on in a huge way so definitely uh just a little tease but definitely check out uh all the interviews that'll go up uh throughout the day today and tomorrow and uh, i cannot wait to talk about this we will definitely talk about this on the podcast in a few weeks all right that is the witcher from matt all right thank you matt now guys it's time for the main event so we are going to get into the Suicide Squad. And the way I thought we'd do this is just do kind of a one round of general impression reviews. Uh, let's just kind of keep it tight on that before. And that's just for the general fans listening right now who may not have seen the movie. So we're going to do spoiler free, just kind of impression reviews first. Spoilers. We'll do a round and then we're going to come back and we'll get into full spoilers and talk about the nitty gritty of all this. So I guess I'll uh, just jump this off. And as I tweeted last night, as I was watching in real time, I said, oh, this is a James Gunn, James Gunn movie. Like, yeah. And you've heard that about the Suicide Squad and a lot of reviews, but it takes really kind of sitting down and watching it to really know what that means. Um, but if you were a fan of Gunn's early work, like Slither and Super before he kind of got that Marvel contract, this very much feels like a return to that. 
just under a big studio banner, like DC really did just let this guy make a James Gunn movie using some DC characters. And boy, did he. And I know some people don't enjoy that because it, it makes it a little bit more offbeat and weird than a typical superhero movie in terms of kind of like, while it does go through like the same kind of formula and stuff, it's also very much deviates and gets weird on you in, in very kind of key ways, especially in the middle, middle where some kind of really funny, surprising choices happen. And we'll talk about that in spoilers. Um, but it very much is a James Gunn movie. And what I found is it, it made me have like a very rich overall movie experience. Like this felt like an entire meal kind of to put it like a lot of stuff feels like I'm drinking an energy drink or so eating some kind of weird gas station snack with a lot of comic book movies because it's like, you know what I mean? It's like a cheap high for a minute. You're like, yeah, it's great. And then it kind of fades and you're like, Oh, what was that? Like it was kind of, a lot of them could be like not so memorable or kind of just bland, but this is a like very rich. Like I've already started rewatching this again and like, I want to see it again and I want to pay attention to more of the scenes and the details and the character interactions and all that stuff, because it is at two hours and 20 minutes. There's a lot that James Gunn packs into this movie and it is very kind of dense, but not in a bad way, but just like very rich and dense. And it feels like a very lived in actual world you are in and it feels like an entire dc universe that it's a part of without being distracted or weighed down by continuity and all that stuff that a lot of dc uh, other dc movies do and just as is james gunn's forte just the the team dynamic about these weird people kind of coming together is also very enjoyable and at times surprisingly heartfelt and, and kind of well done so and the action sequences were pretty badass and probably the best action James Gunn is, has done to date. So overall, I can't complain. Like this is very much a fun, and that's the word I, I think I would stamp over this film overall, very much a fun kind of romp through what the Suicide Squad could be. And it's almost like I would love James Gunn to get his own run of Suicide Squad comic for a while like I would love for him to do an arc in Suicide Squad comics because I just feel like he gets it and, and he knows how to make this concept and this team a lot of fun um, so that's my spoiler free impression very nice Janelle uh, spoiler free impression I wish I didn't buy into all of the hype I had so so many friends who obviously previewed the movie um, and so I had, I felt like my expectations were way, way, way too high. Although I had no complaints, absolutely amazing, loved it. But I, f I didn't feel as like checked in. Like I kind of felt like, oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about when, you know, Harley did that thing with her feet and the key. Oh, yeah, I already heard about that. Or like I kind of checked my phone here and there because I read too many previews and too many reactions. I feel like I don't have an honest reaction from my perspective. and I'm going to have to watch it again. Um, and I also feel like I definitely want to see this in the theater. It feels like a really good theater film. Obviously, I watched this on HBO Max last night. Um, and I think that it is probably bananas in the theater. Really, really good. I am not, please no, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I adore it. I think it's a fantastic film. My favorite Marvel MCU film of all time is Guardians. Um, and it felt like that, but like edgier and just really, really fun. And I, I will say that. I was kind of disappointed in Harley Quinn for a while. I've been disappointed in Harley. Like, 
it's not Margot's fault, but just I haven't really been super interested in her. And she always felt a little dainty or a little like like too sexy or just try- this film felt so Harley. She was like everything I wanted Harley to be. And that was like my favorite part about the whole thing. I'm like, that is my Harley. I love, love Harley in this film. Yeah. Uh, well, so I think that's, man, that's a perfect. Hashtag perfect that's your Harley. Yeah. That's, that's a perfect teal for mine. Cause like we've talked about on the show, right. Um, you know, the white knight universe is my favorite Harley Quinn. That's, that's my favorite Harley Quinn, but for like a completely different reason. And it's not like I didn't love Margot Robbie's, Harley Quinn, because I really enjoy her take on the character. Like she's perfect. I just, it was kind of like we talked about with Cavill, right? I didn't necessarily love what was built around her. I liked her. I liked him as Superman. I just didn't yeah. like the things, right? Um, and I felt the same way as you coming out of this. I went, okay, this is literally my favorite Harley Quinn appearance in the DC movie universe yeah. like better than Birds of Prey I and I, oh, and I, was like, I know I'm gonna make Charlie mad somewhere he hears me <laughs> I know that but like this was so much I thought this just captured like it captured the same beats in that that movie kind of tried to kind of decompress a little bit but it did it in like a, a very truncated amount of time and then like it like let her just be Harley like, and you had those like really powerful character moments, but again, like it just let her be Harley for the rest of it. She wasn't saddled with all this. Like it was just, it explored it in a different way. And I appreciate it again, not disparaging Birds of Prey. I enjoyed Birds right. of Prey. Me I just, too. as Harley Quinn, like th- this, I, I loved what they did with this. And honestly, I thought I've been reading a lot of Suicide Squad comics lately, just, just the nature of reviewing comics and stuff. And so um, what I really loved about Gunn's thing, and I actually think Russ uh, Burlingame put it really well on Twitter, was that like a lot of, there's going to be a lot of talk about the gore. There's going to be a lot of talk about the action and and some of the bigger moments, the like, oh my God, shock moments. But like Gunn did such an amazing job with retaining who these characters are and letting you get to know them as people. Warts and all. This, yeah. right. I mean, you know. Uh, Polka dots like, and all. I mean, geez, yeah. I mean, oh my god! Like, I loved him. I did not realize I would care about Polka Dot Man. Love <laughs> right? Polka Dot Man. Like, I know Polka Dot Man from the comics and stuff, and I've always had an appreciation, like a D level appreciation for, like, oh, he's weird and fun and whatever. But not like, like, there's some scenes in here. I was like, oh my god, they really have some fun, but still deal with like his trauma and stuff. This is really interesting things. But like, Anawe, uh, Peacemaker. Uh, Bloodsport, like there's so many characters that they really nail, like they, they they feel like people by the end of this, even though mm-hmm. they're amidst this over-the-top thing. And I mean, and this does feel like the most aside from I will say, I will say I'll put it right there with Aquaman as feeling the most comic book come to life style movie i mean this felt at times like oh my god i've read that like i've literally read that in a in a panel but not just from like dialogue like i've seen that come to life it's Mm -hmm. really cool i mean i i came out i laughed all throughout i i'm like kofi i want to go back and watch this like i'm anisa didn't get to watch it with me the first time she's like i had to watch it so i'm i was like i will watch it again tomorrow like tell me when you can watch it and we watch it together so like i'm jonesing for that so i i i came out happy all right those are our spoiler free impressions of suicide squad it seems like me and matt were a slightly more warm on it than janelle was but uh, <laughs> let's get into the finer points and spoilers 
So if you have not seen Suicide Squad, we are getting into our full spoilers discussion as this storm comes over the horizon out my window. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and <laughs> half said, Josh, you can't get too drunk for these kinds of things. Half said, Josh, these, these are commitments. You got to you got to be somewhat sober, somewhat. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to put up spoiler warning. Rich is in the booth. Spoiler. Is, Rich is our Amanda Waller, as always. He's got our spoiler warning so we don't uh, blow up our heads. But uh, let's get into spoilers are stupid. I'm out. Uh, OK, J.D. Smith, you know, come back and listen. You just mute it. us and look at our faces. Yeah, this, we'll do like some blue <laughs> steel when we're not talking. Sign language. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we. I mean, this is. He says spoilers discussion in a, in a thing, so uh, we are going to talk about that. But JD Smith, come back when you are ready to talk. Anybody else, please do come back when you are ready to talk about the Suicide Squad because we'd love for you to listen to our thoughts and kind of see how they reflect with yours. All right, so spoilers for the Suicide Squad. First things I'm going to say is one thing I love about this movie is even when you know that James Gunn is going to do something like bananas and you can predict it. You never really can predict just how bananas and twisted James Gunn can get. And I say that in reference to this opening sequence of this film in which half of the cast that is advertised for this movie, most of the bigger cast that is advertised for this movie is just completely wiped out on a beachfront. And you learn that of course, Amanda Waller sent them out there to die so that she could, you know, distract from the real core set of characters that she's sending in for this mission. So we were wondering, like, when the casting and the, and the characters list were done, we're like, TDK, like, Javelin, like, who, like, what are these people? Like, you know, Blackguard. And of course, it didn't matter because they all get, like, just wiped out in the first couple of minutes um, in, in an awesome scene on, on the beach of, of just them getting slaughtered. And like, yeah, I will say I had I think I said it on here. I have to go back and find it that I thought uh, Pete Davidson would be the first to die in this movie. And, and <laughs> you said and that. I was correct about that. Uh, thanks to that first kind of credit scene. I was correct about that. Pete Davidson is the first to die in this movie. It is not Weasel. It is Blackguard. Um, and I could yell that because he can't hide anything. He was sitting in interviews like, why am I even here? Like, I'm in this movie for like two seconds. Like, and sure enough. But uh, yeah, that was pretty bananas. Uh, just seeing them die. And of course, other deaths throughout the movie are, are pretty, pretty gnarly as well. But uh, does anybody held their breath and spaz out when you thought King Shark died from that fall and gotten getting yes. shot. Yeah, I, I did. I said, I, I was like, if King Shark dies in this movie, I'm going to be pissed. I was, <laughs> I was ga- like, I was literally like, had my hands over my mouth. I was like, don't you dare kill Nawai. <laughs> don't you dare kill him. Yeah. <laughs> nah, people got murked in this movie for real. Boomerang. Right. So I, you believe I can't it, believe Boomerang left so Yeah, quickly. I can't believe they murked Boomerang so hard in this. And dude, they, I mean, okay, we're going to get deep in the spoilers. I mean, you know, they killed Flag. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Like that to me, the the boomerang thing was the most important one early because it sets a tone as to there's no sacred cows. They're, they can kill everybody. Yes, you probably understand that they're probably not gonna kill Margot Robbie, and you know they're not gonna necessarily they're going to have to find some way to do Peacemaker since he has his own show. Like there are some realities. Well, they got me with that because they, right. they were careful. That was a thing that was good because I wrote up this article this morning about how does Suicide Squad set up Peacemaker and they actually marketed Peacemaker, the series, as being a prequel. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be the origin story of Peacemaker. 
Yeah. And so they told you that. So you didn't know that that scene. And I was like, holy, I was like, holy crap. Like James Gunn really did just kill this guy in this movie. Like, I, I can't believe it. Like, and, and they make I, it seem like he's really dead. Yeah. Then no, they, that, yeah. They do a good job. I mean, they, they really, I even thought, okay, well, he's going to have to like, like, I mean, I was like, okay, they're going to have to do some really interesting things because yes, that series is coming. So like, I was just like, weird. I was like, oh, this really is a prequel. But like, I believed yeah. it. I, I believed he was dead in like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I really thought that like, okay, they're going to have to do some really crazy jumping through hoops to fix it. But like, he's dead. Like, I, I believed it in the moment. So they hooked me there. Uh, and, I, and I will say too, just in general with John Cena's Peacemaker, uh, that character, like Gunn, it makes me really happy for the series because Gunn really got that character, especially like if you read like some of the current uh, Robbie Thompson Suicide yeah. Squad with him in it. That is that is Peacemaker like to a T like, yes. I mean, he doesn't make all the you know dong jokes like, yes, I understand that. That's not necessarily <laughs> the comics as much, but like the but, but I still found all that stuff. Yeah, I saw I felt like panels of that or parts of the movie were like lifted from this current run of Suicide Squad comics. So I was like, when, like he feels, so when he's like, I have like when he pulls the gun on flag, I went, oh, that's perfect. And I hate you. I hate you so much. But that's perfect. That's understanding who that character is. Like, you know, he's going to be a fan favorite coming out of that. So the obvious studio thing would be like, well, let's not let's make him a hero. And it was like in his own brain, he is. But he's doing unheroic things, right? And that's, I thought they killed that. I thought they did that really well. Yeah, I knew Flag was going to die. Joel Kinnaman probably didn't even want to come back and do this one, but they were after the first Suicide Squad, but they were like, yo, bro, we got you on this contract. And so he was just like, I knew they would kill Flag off because, you know, I mean, you got Peacemaker, you got Bloodsport, Deadshot's going to come back probably at some point. Jim's here now. Jim's here. Let's go. Uh Yes. Jim, is here. Jim is here. Yeah, let's go. I mean, I needed to jump in on the the Suicide Squad conversation. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. So you know, like they got too many de facto potential leaders of the Suicide Squad now. You guess you got Harley, Deadshot, Bloodsport, Peacemaker. Like we, we got a full roster. Well, Bloodsport even makes that joke right Ooh. early on. Like he's even like, oh, why yeah. am I here? If he's <laughs> like, do this, would you just say, say the same thing about me? Like, it's one of a yeah. kind. That's, like, that's yeah. what I love. Uh, yeah. yes. No, but um, have, you, have you guys uh, just talked about just how great Viola Davis is in this movie? Oh no, we, we're working I on hate that woman. Okay. <laughs> and as right, I do too. I, I, she but that's, killed but it. But that's why she's so, yeah. so good. No, she's, yes. I mean, there's few people that can do Amanda Waller really well, and she is just totally owning this role. Um, but, uh, yeah, so just to finish up with Peacemaker, so, like, yeah, uh, that post credit scene with him surviving and, and the kind of two workers, and this is what's genius about James Gunn, is no character is wasted in his films. Like, even Amanda Waller's, like, intern support tech team so is like good. has an arc in this movie and and pays it off and sets something up for them in the future because now they're handling uh two of the, the guy and the girl are going to be handling him and they are in the peacemaker series so they they is are it, going isn't to that be basically is, is that i took that it's supposed to be like those guys are checkmate in a way right like is that is that no. basically kind of like I mean, oh. I don't know. I don't think they need any official DC kind of thing. They're, they're, yeah, they're Waller's people. Like, I don't even know yeah. if they get. Any. I have a very important question, though. What happens? Because they don't show her again. What happens to the poor lady that 
golf club hurt. <laughs> she, oh my gosh! Is she in like a, like an oven somewhere? Like where no, is yeah, she? we didn't uh, see her. Well, in the end, no. You uh, in the end, I don't think Amanda Waller's like psycho enough to kill her own like team of tech geeks. She knows she just like pushed them too far, but she's gonna do stuff to them. Like you see what she did. She, I mean, her thing is like mind games, right? So she assigns those two people. Now they got to deal with Peacemaker and still save the world with him. Yeah. Like and so. <laughs> Now that's their punishment. So death, there are things that can be more annoying than death. And, and Amanda Waller knows these things. So that's right. There's also a scene um, that they played a lot. Well, well, okay. So another very impressive thing that Gunn did was a lot of times you get a scene in the trailer and the, the most critical and the most emotional part of the scene is in the trailer. So when you see the scene in context, even though you're getting a lot more context and you're, and you're getting all this stuff surrounding it, the core moment you kind of already saw you get, you got the pool there. So it doesn't have as much impact when you see it in the movie. And here, a lot of those beats that were in the trailer were, were so much better in the movie with all that additional context, because like the scene with Ratcatcher two and Bloodsport and the bus, we'd seen that how many times, right? When he's like, he's telling her like, I'm going to get you out of here. And she's going back and forth. You see that whole scene. And shout out to Taika for a great cameo as well, because that was him, right? As yeah, Ratcatcher Lane. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with that whole scene and the the from visually from doing it like on the window and then going to like the flashback and like doing that whole sequence there and making you like actually pulling all that emotion out of it and then him opening up about his daughter, like all that whole back and forth was superb. Like it it did its job and it did it really well. And for that to happen, even though you had seen the key part in the trailer, is really impressive. And he did that several times. Well, that's what they do. They, they market James Gunn for being funny, but you forget how much heart he had. And when you go back and rewatch this now, like it, it's going to make it is so much more powerful because you know how strongly Bloodsport actually feels about his daughter and how strongly she actually feels about her father. And so they're kind of having like this weird surrogate face off, but in the way that James Gunn characters are, because they are emotionally demented people. And they're just like, yeah, I'm going to save you. No, I'm going to save you because they have <laughs> deep emotional needs to save like, you know, surrogate father, surrogate daughter. Like, and it's just, it, it just works on a lot of levels and he figures that stuff out and it's really good. Um, yeah. Like, like you said about Harley Quinn, like the emotional story about Harley in this is, is great. And it's like, and Gunn did a good job of kind of capturing all of the stuff that Harley's been through in these movies without having to get dragged down and continuity. Cause this is very much an older, wiser and more battle experienced, obviously Harley Quinn, yeah. who, who's kind of like the older sister in this family right by now. Mm -hmm. She's like looking at the younger ones, like, man, like, let me tell you, like, and she just knows stuff cause she's been through stuff. And that whole speech about like what, when she kind of that whole sequence. And I said, what I love about this being a James Gunn, James Gunn film is that whole part in the middle where it deviates into that little sub story about Harley's romance with oh, this yeah. like kind of evil military guy or the president guy. Um, and I was like, wait, what is that? Like, Cause it is like a whole <laughs> separate movie sequence in there and that whole romance. And when she just kills him out of the blue and is just giving that whole speech about why she has to kill him. First of all, it's awesome. Like, she almost out Joker's Joker in that scene with just how demented her mentality is while she's murdering somebody and says, like, I think you look better like this. <laughs> He's just like horribly contorted <laughs> on the floor. But um, her whole thing about how taking all that abuse and being through toxic relationships eventually just kind of cracks you. And it's just like 
a good recap of everything that happened to her and like birds of prey and like all that stuff. And yeah. And really well done. And, and also her just being an unrepentant psychopath and really being able to capture that, not having to do the, Oh, let's make Harley an anti-hero and never too bad. Like, you know, <laughs> well, I, right. well, I think that's one of the, one of the things that I can't tell if it's a criticism or not. It's really something that just was more unexpected for me. I did not expect the amount of exposition in this movie, but like, the shocking little amount of exposition you get around Harley made it feel more refreshing. Like you didn't need it. And it's not, I, I, I can't tell if it's because like, obviously I've been following the movies that she's been in, but even still, it didn't feel like that was like, it was necessary for her. Right. Um, we were talking and, about and, that a little bit before, like how it felt like they did a great job of condensing the yep. stuff that they elaborated on in birds here, but it, it was as it, not as effective. It's not better than the other. I'm just saying it was effective. It worked to get you into just Harley being Harley. It's yep. not, you don't have to recap everything and go like, I still have all the bad. She mentions Joker, right? Mm -hmm. In a, in mm -hmm. a sense, right? You get all the overtones, yep. but like you don't references. have to go so far and make it, you know, like this character is just weighed down by all those all the time. She's you. There is a sense of like overcoming of yeah. moving forward. And yeah. then you just get to have fun. And that's, you know, some of like, so I feel like in the other movies, it's been one extreme or the other. And here I thought they did a good job of finding a middle ground. For sure. Yeah. One comment says, did we think Bloodsport was a carbon copy from Kevin Wolforka of Deadshot? You know, this whole thing with the skill set and the daughter. Um, I thought Idris Elba did a good job making Bloodsport his own unique character. Mm -hmm. I yeah. don't know if I really like the Suicide Squad franchise's take on Black Dad so much, but like, you know, well, that's a but whole I think separate, part of it. But I think part of it was thing. part of it was that they wanted Deadshot in the yeah. movie, but. Bec and, and like, I think they would have recast Deadshot if Will Smith was like, no, I don't want to do it. But Will Smith was like, I want to do it. I just can't do it because of my schedule that they were like, OK, well, we'll figure something else out. And then like kind of made Idris Elba's character what they would have done with Deadshot in a way. But I'll tell you what, though, uh, Deadshot, sorry, Bloodsport to me. And it could just be because it's in the hands of two different people, right? James Gunn versus David Ayer. I, I liked a lot more, not as more for like what he could do. Like I loved his crazy, like Rob Liefeldian kind of guns that uh, he had, like the weird tech cool. that he would yeah. kind of like pull out. Like I thought that was, a was really, really cool to see. Uh, then you know, then you know, kind of what we got from from yeah, Benjamin. I think he not that I didn't were, like it, and I love that they didn't dwell on it. They didn't go into. Yes. You didn't need a whole like breakdown scene of how blood sports kind of vest and kind of self-making guns work. It just looked cool. And yeah, it, it looked really and I love cool. They set the tone, but for that in that scene where they creep up on Alice Bragg's camp and John yep. Cena kind of sets the tone for that whole thing <laughs> by like. Everybody like he's like nobody likes to show off, and he's like everybody likes to show off if it's dope as f. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, and, like, so good. Man. And then, and then when he's putting together like, the yeah. mega gun, yeah, like, that it's has just me just cracking up. <laughs> like that whole scene of them trying to outkill each other is is hilarious. And then and when they get to the tent, it's the awful. Yeah, it's the, yeah. when they get to the tent, and it's like oh, like <laughs> <laughs> oh that cut. And Alice Braga, who I love, that cut to her just like later on, like the jump cut to her just sitting there looking at the camp of dead people, just like oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> my god like what well, it's, it's, to my that, it's that and the sound of flies like flying around yeah. that really sells that scene like it's just it's a, a super small touch but when i noticed it i was like oh wow this is great i do yes. have to run in a little bit but i do need to i do need to talk about this one thing um i legit i was so worried that we almost lost king shark that I was oh, like, oh, we all, we all went through that. Oh, oh my God. Like, we're so freaking oh, out. That so last question was, how bad did everybody freak out when they thought King Shark was going to Oh, get, man. That and then, uh, but then like John Cena standing in his underwear when they're all in the, it's just so perfect uh, for, for just, just like as another layer kind of for that character. But I do love, that this movie had so because of the stakes that are set up immediately in the front of the movie, you don't really see any of the twists coming. I don't, you don't, I don't think you see the, like if right from the get go, I don't think you see the, whoever Pete Davidson's character was uh, selling out, you know, the team, but then like the double twist of that being an actual Amanda Waller plan, like yeah. that, that double, double twist was so cool. The peacemaker turn, you know, you don't see coming and then it sets the stakes, right? Like, like for King shark, like you're like, well, anything, I, I can, guess happen. He's, anything can happen. Yeah. And you, you so rarely see that in these movies that, that that's what basically keeps you kind of hooked in. I did feel it was a little long in parts, but it makes up for itself with all of the, these, these crazy moments. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but one of the things I I loved is um, when they're in the bar and polka dot man is dancing. Uh, yes, it's all it goes. Yeah. It goes from like you, like you assume it's basically going to just be like whatever people. And then it's all his mom. Like yeah. it just, he's like, oh, yeah. it was, such a such a nice touch that like if you you could totally miss it if you're just staring at polka dot man dancing um and so it's just like little things like that that i just like you know you gotta give gun oh credit God. for okay so what is what, i can't remember is it milton oh yeah and that is oh, a brilliant thing because you just it is so you just see him run in the door yeah when he runs in i go is he Running he's just he's carrying the shopping bags and he's just like running with them the whole time. <laughs> and I thought and it was just a like, throwaway yeah. thing. Yeah. And then like he's still with them. No, I was show. so convinced when they were walking through the rain and they're like uh, the silhouettes <laughs> all showed up. I literally was like, who is that? Who's that one guy on the end? And no. then the payoff from that, like I was like, oh my God, I called that. I was really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. And, the, uh, and then the, 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 la- the last thing I wanted to say about this is the, the thing that I'm, I'm really interested in is how gun and company used color in this movie i expected this movie to be a bit more vibrant than uh than it was it was oddly desaturated uh, with the exception of i was telling kofi this this morning um i'm finishing the movie in the uh this morning right and uh we get to the scene of the harley quinn escape scene oh yeah and like with the flowers and the butterflies so and all right. that and so my six-year-old walks in and she sees it on the screen and i pause it and i'm like uh I'm like, and I'm like, oh no. And so she goes, What's that? And so like I hit play. Oh and, well, no, it's fine, but because like like it, I hit play, I go, Oh, it's just Harley Quinn uh beating up some bad guys. And she she like looks at it, then she looks at me and she goes, Wow, those butterflies and flowers and, and cartoon birds, those are those are pretty cool. She's so silly, and then just walks out. And I'm like, <laughs> 
She is silly though. Like that's a good statement for Harley Quinn. I just sit there and I go, that is legitimately the only moment in this movie that she could have walked in on that. I didn't immediately regret like having it up on the screen and, uh, and man, thank God for that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the, uh, uh, the, one of my favorites, uh, was when, uh, shark is in, he finds that like aquarium. Oh yeah. All of those things. And like, it's such a high because you're just so happy for him to find friends <laughs> and he's dancing Aww. with them. And I'm like, and I, I was watching that whole time just like waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Because like, yep. I can't be this happy. It just can't. It can't be this yep. happy. So then when they all pop out and they're all like these creepy teeth, like bearing blood sucking things, I was <laughs> so crushed. But then I love it because like there's a small thing of like how the squad comes around him, right? And becomes right. kind of his family. And so it just made my heart like just warm when we're going, the water's brushing them out and you see Harley trying to pull some of them off of his skin. Yep. It Aww. goes by like that. Like you don't, there's a 50% chance you didn't even see it because like so much stuff is happening, but it's such a great like little thing of like, they care, right? It's like this yep. little, like, it's just this little things. And there's a lot of those in the movie. Yeah. You need to like pay attention. Yeah. It's great. This now. one. I feel like it's definitely a second watch through, like at least watch it twice. Oh, dude, there's so many great little stories in this thing. Harley and the Javelin is his own little. Oh my god, yeah, so great. Why do you guys? Oh god, I got, I got, I got I got to jump though. But you, but this this conversation has been has been awesome. I'm still listening to it. I just gotta, I gotta run. I wanted to share some Suicide Squad (laughs) thoughts. Uh, but man, what a what a crazy ride this one this one was. Enjoy the rest of you. Have a good rest of your show, guys. I'll I'll see you, chat. One thing I'm going to say, um, and we're going to start to move on soon, but uh, one thing I want to say is they actually did a good job of making Starro like a terrifying villain, Dude. even though with yeah, but the to- end was so sad. He was like, "I would, I was just happy." That's a great know. last line, though. Oh my gosh, that kind I of broke my heart a little bit. Through space, staring at the stars, he which is basically even- a good way. He's like, "Man, f Earth, I hate this place." <laughs> like. <laughs> But like, yeah, he was forced into this situation. He felt like a Scott Snyder book come to life. That was such a like, just the colors, the design, everything is so like when we talk about, I feel like when we talk about um, Eternals and people kind of reference that like, oh, we want it to look like a Jack Kirby book. We want it to look like this, right? They're going to point to things like this. And go, we want that. Like, we want that Starro is out of a comic. I mean, they literally just crafted it. There was no modernizing. There was no, and they made him terrifying. They made him actually creepy. And I was like, oh my God, but he's still a giant. What was good too is they made, while Starro was like terrifying in and of itself, like they made what humans did with Starro even more terrifying. Right. Yeah. Like the mm-hmm. scene in the lab is truly like terrifying. Oof, man. Awful. People who are like still like maimed and alive and uh. all this stuff. Like just so like Ridley Scott alien. But you forget James Gunn can do that body horror stuff really well. Yeah, that was that was mm-hmm. upsetting. When they yeah. when they show when they the take one. it off like and that's the difference with DC Comics people can take Starro's off their face right like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's come not, back from that <laughs> yeah oh my god. I'm not in James Gunn's movie it's oh like oh my god because yeah. then you can do the crazy action scenes at the end and just kill a bunch of people and it yeah. doesn't 
no, they're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. like, oh, yeah, we took that yeah, out. You got to make that little distinction, I yeah. guess. Yeah, for the MPAA. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was surprised because I was like, Starro could be a cheesy third act kind of big monster comic book goes off the rails reveal but no that was creepy and yeah it was definitely like i want james gunn to maybe save this alien franchise if we can <laughs> oh my uh, gosh yes yeah, get him in on that and he'd be great like he'd be great at making something like a new version of aliens for that franchise like yeah i think i just stumbled onto an idea let's get james gunn for, for like yeah. uh, an alien <laughs> get some more space warriors send them out against the xenomorphs and have them bond and fight okay together also gotta mention, gotta mention it for two reasons one uh yes uh sean gunn's weasel because i saw it mentioned in the comments sean gunn's weasel was great number one because he because he almost dies from drowning <laughs> which is that whole sequence of them discovering so that good. he can't swim is that was amazing did anybody check if the weasel could swim <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. so then on top of that uh then sean gunn makes another cameo in the movie uh harassing polka dot man and then we see uh, Weasel's not dead, and and there's no dialogue. It's just him doing that weird little waddle that he does walking <laughs> off into the dark. It was so perfect. It was like, oh my so god, cute. he's alive. Uh, I wish we had gotten to see what Davidson actually can do. Because, like, it would have... Okay, almost everybody got at least... Well, okay, Javelin did. But, like, you know, at least, like, feeling got to, like, do the arms thing. You know, yeah. like... Uh, you First know, of all, their uh, conversation in it because I'm rewatching it already, and their conversation in the plane in the beginning is such gold. It's like TDK. What does it stand for? What do you mean? It stands for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and his and his powers so lame because it's just their argument because they're all so dumb and they're just like, you know, like what, like what does it mean? Like what do the letters mean? Every name has letters. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, that's great. It's but, a good uh, moment. Nothing. Savant killed a bird, and it was fitting that the bird. <laughs> <laughs> then his face. face at the end. Yeah, that was great. I noticed that detail that they had the same kind of bird his face at the end. Michael Rooker, always giant dying in some James Gunn movies. You gotta love that. Um, fine. Any final uh, Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad thoughts. Ratcatcher two was a breakout in this for me. Uh, that actress, she did really good job. Man, and was her yeah. falling asleep even when King Shark was about to eat her in that, that scene. Was so good. Yeah, she was very was- endearing. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I got yeah. I got ahead. That was that was she pretty was awesome. And she made that power look awesome, right? I mean, it was just one of those things, right? And by the way, you watch this and do not tell me that Squirrel Girl can't be awesome. I'm just telling you people. I've heard True. that a lot. Squirrel Girl can be awesome. If Ratcatcher can be great, Squirrel Girl can be great. Yeah, I mean, can't, I can't argue with that. I mean, yeah. you got a point there. All right, so that's our wrap-up of The Suicide Squad. Uh, I think we all agree this is probably one of the best DC films we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, if I'm ranking them, yeah, it's probably one of the best DC f- films I've seen so far. Uh, definitely brings the kind of tone I think a lot of people would like to see, and who knows? We might be getting a whole gunverse now. Uh, we know that Peacemaker is already done and is going to be coming, So, and it's been confirmed this week that Gunn has another DC project that's on the way. We don't know if it's a movie. We don't know if it's a TV show. We don't know if it's connected to the Suicide Squad or something completely different. We just know that James Gunn or DC Warner Brothers wants to be in the James Gunn business as well as Marvel. So that's what we're going to be getting for the be near awesome. amazing if he got if he could do a Secret Six movie and oh then you gosh. could have them face each other in like another movie at some point down the line. Oh, my God. I would love to see a James Gunn Catman. I'd love awesome. to see him do that. I'd love to see him do like a, a question with uh, 
Yeah. Vic with Vic, Sage and Renee Montoya, like a kind of question and question type thing. There's a lot of things I would love James Gunn to do. This is like dark, even though that's being like, oh my God, like, oh. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. All right, but that's the Suicide Squad. Matt, we're going to, Matt and I are going to give you some quick impressions of things we've seen that are coming down the pike, and then we're going to get to comics. Matt, you want to go first? Oh, sure. Yeah, I was going to go to Janelle. Janelle, you're in on this too. Yeah, you guys have seen, uh, you guys have seen Titans. Right. So give us quick, spoiler-free impressions of what's yeah. coming in Titan Season 3 and how we should feel about it. Yeah, so uh, you can check out my uh, my full review uh, is live on the site right now, so you can definitely check that out. Again, it is mostly spoiler-free. Um, so, you know, again, we're, we're hinting at things a lot, so you can read that and not get spoiled. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, so there were five episodes available to see so far. So, like, some things, like can't weigh in on obviously because like they haven't happened yet or <laughs> we don't know what they have. Janelle, did you get, uh, did you get to watch? I watched no? one and two. Okay. Um, I kind of like to watch along with like, as things release yeah. on, you know, with everyone, but you I also, now, baby, you got to take, I that. know heavy is yeah. the head that wears the crown. I mean, it's play. really cool. I feel you really have awesome. to leave. I'm you like, have to leave. You have to leave <laughs> the norms behind. Yeah. I'm like, I totally previewed this. Wow. But really? I will say I, so I binged season one and season two this weekend. I, based on the cover of Titans, I thought it was going to be a little bit more fun oh. and yeah, <laughs> I was not ready at oh all. <laughs> I was not ready. Oh, so I've been up. in a bit of like a gloom and doom headspace for the past like five days. Um, but it, it is, it is really good surprisingly this show oh my gosh it is a little slow it reminded me like the same pace as like the walking dead um like it, it just it, there is a lot of dialogue and like you know acting moments and backstory references and things like and i like that style so that worked for me i i really love the show and the first episode of season three shook me i have goosebumps i literally i i just started obviously getting into the comics more and understanding um i don't want to spoil anything and understanding certain characters that are featured and knowing like their backstories a little bit more and boy oh boy did that pay off in this episode i was uh guys i cannot wait for people to watch this i was just completely shocked at how quickly a big moment happened (laughs) and after reading like killing joke and like everything just is tying together with my comic book reading in such a beautiful way. And it's so exciting for me. It makes the experience of watching the show 20 times better. If you've read these comics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I I will so yeah I, it's so funny though it's so, <laughs> so funny that, hey, Matt, I will say Titans this. is probably yeah I mean it's funny going from because I imagine you watch did you watch those before or after you watched Suicide Squad before before okay yeah so yeah you honestly Suicide Squad was probably a step up in the upbeat department it was, <laughs> it was very, yeah, <laughs> absolutely it was very, yeah for yeah. as dark as that movie gets um, yeah yeah very much Titans has always had its own. Uh, it's its own thing. It's always leaned into that. Uh, season three is no is no different. So if you know you didn't love that about the first two seasons, I don't know if this is gonna 
be the thing that wins you over. But what I will say is for people who have, who have liked that approach um, season three to me so far, because again, didn't get to watch the entire season, but so far is the best season of the three. This is what I want to ask you guys. Is there a noticeable difference in production and just how the show is executed and plays since it moved from DC universe to HBO max? Um, a little bit. I would actually be really interested because Janelle, because she just binged them all. Yeah. Did you did you notice a giant difference? Because I did um, everyone's a little prettier. Seriously, <laughs> everyone has a little bit more makeup on. Their costumes are a little more refined. The shots look a little more expensive, but it's not. It's the same tone and the same vibe, and it w- works. But it just is a little bit pretty shinier yeah Yeah, that's a great way to put it right because i agree because i think uh, for me the the biggest noticeable area of that is the fight sequences like the fight sequences look a little bit more intricate a little more well produced you know not that the other ones are bad but there's just is a noticeable little bit of an upgrade but i wouldn't say like i didn't go look at this and go oh they've got money now i didn't i there's not that like giant sizable move um, and so, which is fine to me because I like the other two, but like, that was even one of the things, like some of the fight sequences, uh, I really dug, like there's some really great ones. And then some other ones look just like a little, like look a little clunky here and there, like didn't quite, you know, nail that fluid pace. So, um, it was kind of a little bit of both. Uh, but for me, just overall, like my biggest thing with the first two seasons, a lot of those seasons deal with like, we have to constantly keep recruiting members. And we have to constantly keep introducing people and and new concepts and like bring this. There's always like this bring the team together dynamic a lot in the first two seasons. And it's just the nature of like introducing more and more people. Right. And while we do get characters introduced here so far, anyway, there's not like this. It doesn't take up a ton of real estate. It doesn't take up a ton of space. Most of that stuff is done like in the character to character stuff like Barbara Gordon. Savannah Welch is Barbara Gordon uh, is is I really enjoyed uh, her take on the character, but yes. it doesn't like take like it's not like they have to devote all this space and time. They do a really good job of like filling you in on the details about what she does, her role, things like that, or like how far, she, how long she's been out of that, right? Game. And they do it within this God, dialogue as opposed to just like, oh, hey, we have to commit a whole episode. To yes, like, so, so some better pacing this season. And mm-hmm. You get to kinda... see the team be the team. And it's awesome that you see the Titans be the Titans and like interact and you get that family vibe that you get from the comics all the time. And like, I know the jokes are going to run, right? Because there are a couple of references to the family here, I believe. Not as many as a Vin Diesel Furious movie, but like there are some, but I think they do a really good job of actually making you feel like this group is this rag tag group. So I, I yeah. mean, I, and if you are a Red Hood fan, we're going to talk about Red Hood later in comics. Okay. Uh, this story has been done several times uh i i think connor's performance is um is excellent this is i think he sells it so you believe all this other stuff and again i'm avoiding spoilers and stuff but you believe all the other stuff that comes with it It doesn't really great character work Mm -hmm. uh and not in costume not all the time just really great stuff dialogue between him and other characters um and so i i think you're gonna really 
if you've liked Titans so far, like, and, and I'm so glad that Janelle like liked the first two seasons because when she told me she was binging them, I'm, oh, I mean, man, they were depressing. Like they were slug. really depressed. Like they put me in a very negative headspace. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie for days, and my fiance noticed it. It's hard to binge Titans. I will say that. Yeah, sorry, not. Uh, I didn't mean Connor. I meant Kieran. So my bad, Walters. Yes. So that's who I meant. I said Connor because I was looking at Superboy. <laughs> so, um, but he's yeah, great uh, too. I yeah. love that character. Yeah, Gar Logan too. I mean, I feel like also Corey. Uh, Corey's is fantastic. Like, so she has settled into her character. It, the first two seasons, I didn't love every kind of way they kind of tried to push that character, and this one, she feels confident, comfortable, and in, in the character skin, and it just feels like, oh, that's Corey. That, that's a cool like and I, and I like all that so yeah i have i'm very positive on it i'm interested to see what people say i did we, we i did get a little bit of Blackfire, um because of course we know that that character is coming into the season and is going to be play a, a bigger role um there's so little there that i didn't have i couldn't really form an opinion so i will be interesting to see where that character goes after in the, in the future episode, you guys do know we're coming back to talk about this next week, right? Yeah, I, I'm, and I know there's a lot to talk about. I'm just saying, like, this is one of those things I'm very curious. So. All right, all right, okay. There you go. We got that whole breakdown. Matt went in on that one. We're going to. <laughs> he has all angles. A uh, couple questions to answer real quick. Let's just shoot them off. Uh, first one is Red Hood using real bullets or rubber bullets? Can, do, is do you want me to? I mean, you could consider that a spoiler. Do you want me to say it or no? Uh, I guess not. Okay. Uh, and do we see You'll anything? See. Is there anything about a Joker that appears in this that is going to make people mad, or is it just kind of kept to the shadows? Do you want me to get into spoilers? <laughs> no, no, we okay. do not. But okay. I'm just I'm representing for the comments. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about Titans next week. Don't worry, so we'll get into this. Um, I'm going to hop across the fence. I before I got here, I got the first three screeners for Marvel's What If early. Oh, I've I'm seen, so uh, jealous. Number one, I, I've seen number one. Um, which is the kind of uh, Peggy Carter episode, which is no surprise there. Uh, and I got to say, Marvel's What If is uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting so far. Um, some people were kind of hesitant on episode one, but they really just commit to the concept and use this animated kind of computer kind of format to really do like alternate takes on not just Marvel timelines, but like the MCU movies themselves. So the Peggy Carter is very much the first Avenger over again, just with these details that have been changed and some that haven't. There's some scenes that they play that are exactly like the movie. And then there's things that are vastly different because somebody in the, you know, makes us like a little decision here or a little decision there, which then has a butterfly effect of changing X amount of things. But the same framework of the first Avenger is still there. You know what I'm saying? So you get like an entire first Avenger movie in one episode with only it's with Captain Carter as the change, you know? And so that, that stuff is really interesting because not only does it just kind of stoke your imagination about what, you know, these, these alternate stories are about, like what if Peggy Carter got a super serum and not only did you uh, get kind of the voice actors in some key roles, not all of them, but like you have Haley Atwell doing Peggy Carter uh, and doing that whole thing. But 
you also just get these kind of cool, if you've paid attention and love Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, you get these cool kind of detailed Easter eggs and just references to, oh, that's like a cool thing. I remember this scene so well, and it's cool to see this kind of spin on it and things like that. So, so far, it's pretty cool. And this week, if you haven't been paying attention to comicbook.com Marvel, we've learned some hints that, you know, we keep getting hints that this what if isn't just going to be a set of anthology stories that are standalone. It's anthology stories that are going to gradually converge into something bigger and something that could spark something important for the future of the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse going forward into the films. So with that in mind, it's given me kind of renewed purpose because, you know, these are just pieces that we're seeing. So now we have a Captain Carter piece in place and, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's coming next. But for me, there's a lot of richness, both as a Marvel Comics fan and as a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan to what these episodes are doing. So, so pretty cool stuff so far in my opinion for what nice. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. yeah. Did you like yeah. the? I, I know uh, there was a little like divisiveness over the animation style. Did you dig it by the end? Like, did you kind of get a feel for it and, and like it? I don't always. I don't like it when I see it in the Marvel kind of those weird movies they release, like Hulk and Iron Man, Heroes mm-hmm. Unite. Yeah. Like, I don't like it when I see it then that CGI kind of animation. But it actually worked for me here. It actually looked pretty good. It looked pretty pretty, and like a lot of the action scenes are really cool and thrilling. And like seeing Captain Carter in action is they did was well done and pretty cool. So I didn't mind it, but I don't get too hung up on animation. Like I can watch everything from traditional 2D. I I don't mind the Star Wars animation like and I don't mind this. It doesn't doesn't break it for me. Um, So that is our early thing of what if we are going to have full reviews of what if and Titans next week. We'll talk spoilers and we'll get into all of that along with our free guy discussion. So that's yeah, coming. That's up. right. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We got oh, a lot. Yeah. You guys are industry now, man. Like I said, your timetables are all messed up. You've seen so much stuff so early. You can't even keep track, but uh, Matt, take us through comments before we get out of here. All right. So we're going to, because of, because I know uh, of time, we had so much to cover. I'm going to, I'm going to trim it because we had like three books to talk about. Let's talk about one and just focus on that. And we can t- talk about the other two maybe next week. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so this one feels, that this one feels like Suicide Squad Get Joker number one is the one to talk yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is a very DC centric show. Uh, so for uh, people that don't know, this is another DC black label book. This is from Brian uh, Azzarello uh, and Alex Malieve, two fan favorite creators. Uh, they've done some hundred bullets. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot Wonder of good stuff. Yeah. This is very much um, its own, you know, it's black label. So it's its own continuity. It's set kind of its own thing. And if you were keeping in keeping with the Joker and red hood theme, by the way, spoilers incoming, uh, for this issue. Um, in keeping with that, this is essentially uh, Red Hood forming, or not forming, be kind of being forced to form uh, his, yeah, yeah. <laughs> his, own, his own suicide squad group. Uh, and the way that Waller gets him to agree is like the one target that he would maybe put like, you know, he, he has his own version of ethics, right? It's always a little fringe but like he still has his conscience but like who's the character that you would he would put that on the line for well the one who murdered him and Mm -hmm. that would be joker so that's the premise of this and it's just like takes you on you you get to see kind of a quick forming of the team and and it has that very suicide squad uh, suicide squad-esque hey here's a bunch of random 
people and then here's some key people harley of course is in the mix uh but you know you get a couple of uh, like plastiques in here like you get a bunch of people random people and it's seeing those uh personalities contrast and just all the chaos ensues i came away from this um i really enjoyed this i mean i i was i was i was in about probably it took me eh, it might have been like the first 25 percent of the way to like really get into it it's a little bit of a slow burn but i once i was in the amanda waller jason todd stuff is just really good like they're back and forth and the the dialogue there um and this they do they do some of those twists and turns as well so i mean look if you watch suicide squad uh, i think this is a natural like you're looking for a book to pick up you could pick up the current suicide squad run which is also excellent but you could also pick this up and i think you'd be in good company but what do you think I think that Warner Brothers DC should have really just marketed these two things together like heavy yeah. because this book is like a perfect accompaniment to the suicide to James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie, um, but different. And mm-hmm. I think the real genius in the concept is somebody realizing, you know, who would be a great leader for the Suicide Squad? Red Hood. Like that would be because, like you said, the Jason Todd of it all is what real and his dynamic with Waller is better than like than Deadshot or you know, anybody else or peacemaker or anybody else to kind of sit here because red hoods always is perfect because he occupies that a true anti-hero space. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like, he's a, he still has all those Batman values, but he's also willing to kill a few people. Like, and so he's good guy for that because he'll push and pull against Waller in unexpected ways. Cause his logic is already kind of twisted. So he might not, he might be okay with killing somebody, but he won't do this, you know, because or that or the other. So that was good. Um, I agree. It was a little bit of a slow burn to start. Like I literally fell asleep reading it one day, and then we <laughs> but I was like, I just got to keep it. But once you get into it and you get past the, cause some of the panels in the beginning are, I mean, are pretty dense with just like the introducing everybody. There's a lot of small panels. You got to really kind of focus. Which I enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask. That's good. I okay. thought the introductions were really good and kind of like pa- painting the picture of the backstory and who everyone is and why they have, no, no, yeah. no, no, for not, me, for yeah, me. no, I'm not, I'm not saying any of that's bad. I'm just saying like when you're Slow. physically like staring at the page, there's not a lot of <laughs> exciting because he yeah. does that kind of noir hard boiled stuff. So that's what this is. There's a lot of ship people posing with shadows and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and the actual visuals are just kind of pretty standard and you know, there's not much happening until they get on this mission. Um, but man, once they go on this mission, I love the world of this book. Like I love this alternate version of things where you know toy man is just working in this motor yard as like and he's an agent for waller but he has like a crazy monster car guarding the yard like it, <laughs> it just blurs the line between like hard-boiled noir stuff and just comic book absurdity so well and, and does that so that like you're like whoa like holy crap when this car tries to eat screaming mimi i love the things they do with her accent and everything wild yeah. dog Wild Dog as like a proud boy stand in is oh my like gosh really that whole discussion in the helicopter yeah, yeah that's just like uh, yeah very I mean very uh, on the nose too like yeah we've talked about in comics but, but well done yeah, yeah. Um, because you can see the kind of farce in in what they're doing here but uh, yeah the cat look out with the drip like there's just small details that make this like guns film make this feel like a whole world you're you're already mm-hmm. immersed in and and it's really really interesting and. The twist at the end, man, like I don't comics aren't usually able to make me feel like like scared tension because I'm reading something. But this well, was just like, holy crap, from just a conceptual point. 
it's just like and just the ending and seeing Amanda Waller like what happens to her oh my like, god that's yeah. like one thing the one person you never expect to get got is like Amanda Waller and boy like it is pretty sick and brutal what happens at the end of this book Ooh, and just yeah. the last line of it is just so great <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, that's so and as our as our resident number one Joker fan yeah. What you think, Yo, I loved it. I, I also just note, I liked all of our comics this week. So I, well, good job I picking so them out. That we're not going to get to the other. That's one, okay. So Dr. Strange heavy, but we will, uh, we but will it's go. so good. It regardless, just great books that if you guys want to hear more tweet, Matt, he'll tell you what we read. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, this book was great. I feel like you guys summed it up perfectly, but as like a, you know, I guess not a first, I guess actually, Oh my God. This is my first Suicide Squad comic I've read. Oh, crap, it is. I thought we started with the the most recent series, but we never stuck it in here because I think something else hit. So, yeah, but I I didn't realize that just because, you know, of obviously like all the other content and movies and things like that. But yeah, um, great, great book. Very well done. Really cool, like pretty to look at. Um, I felt like it was easy to understand what was going on. Um, it was easy to know who people were and their you know, backgrounds and all of that, as we touched on earlier. And just a really, it's a great comic that I feel like everybody should definitely read. And the end definitely got me. Yes, I was freaking out. Uh, <sighs> and Joker was cool. Joker yeah. was creepy looking. So we'll spoil it just because if people who who haven't read the book so that we don't just talk around this so no on the audio um spoilers for suicide squad get joker one basically at the end of the book they're hunting joker the suicide squad's put together to hunt down joker and kind of take him out uh but instead joker turns the tables and kind of gets amanda waller's home address and location goes to her home and basically barbara gordon slash jason todd's her you know bursts in the door and then just beats her to death with a cane uh, or seemingly to death. We don't know that she's dead, dead. Yeah. But she ain't she ain't doing good right now. Uh, and so now Joker has the button for all of the Suicide Squad's like head bombs or or and their he activates head one. Yeah, and he burns. <laughs> and in true Joker fashion, humorously, he the first person because in this continuity they're not bombs. They're they're kind of like napalm in their heads. So they get burned alive. So he burns up Firefly first because you know it's Joker and he loves that kind of stuff. Dude, so, uh, with in the past, That's yeah. Cold. <laughs> but it's Firefly. How else are you going to take him out besides you know incinerating him from the and, inside? And out. that line, I we can't say it, but like that line is just so good at the end of like, oh, we're so screwed. Yeah, like, we're so effed. Yeah, because <laughs> now so Joker good. has the Suicide Squad under his thumb literally because he's holding the button and so like yeah. and that's awful for if you think it's awful of course on an obvious thing of like oh my god this maniac has bombs and like the activation of the bombs in our heads and then also he's the joker right but then like if you think about it it's so awful because they sneak one into todd jason doesn't like willingly get one they actually yeah. shock him when they stick and he one didn't in. even like, really know what it was yeah right so then on top of that the man he was supposed who murdered him he's been sent to go kill and now that person has the ability to kill him again like that that's like a mind screw <laughs> thing that like yeah i imagine we're gonna get into well, that's why the yeah the, the concept's so great just by leaving it there because it leaves you to think of all the things and it's also great because joker's not just gonna start killing him off one by one it's gonna get more twisted than that like he's gonna want them to do stuff 
He's going to run his own suicide squad and what he has them doing. Lord only knows. So, yeah. So that was a good book this week. All right. I think we got to wrap this up and get out of here. We we've had a long show today and they're going to start yelling at us from the comic book. office. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, let's get out of here. Thank you guys for joining in. This has been our suicide squad talk. Uh, Go see the movie if you haven't. And if you stuck around for all of this and you haven't seen it, I mean, God bless you. Go watch it again. anyway. Uh, But we are comic book nation. We are the official podcast of comic book, uh, comic book.com. We put up new episodes every Friday at noon on Twitch facebook and youtube and if you miss the show you can go back and watch on any of those platforms after we're done the live recording if you want the audio we are on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, and you can tell any smart home device to fire up comic book nation podcast and it will get it playing for you if you like the show follow us at the official at comic book nation twitter handle if you want to talk to us individually i am at kofi outlaw i am at matt aguilar cb i am at janelle wheeler and we want to shout out our fans, Hafsa and Josh, Cunning Linguist. Uh, who's Alex here? Max Von Schucker, Brett over on Facebook. We got a bunch of people on the YouTube have become regulars. We want to shout out all you guys and say thank you for tuning in with us every week. Ben Pottermeyer over on YouTube. Got to get the YouTube squad in there. Uh, yeah, we want to thank you guys. Yes, death metal is great. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wait, the comic series? Stop it. We gotta get I out of here. Stop metal. it. I love We're getting it. out of here. All right, that's it. Comic Book Nation, we're out. Peace. <laughs>